the quiet. What it is, what it isn't. How to find it. Welcome to I Should Be Meditating with Alan Klima. The podcast for meditators who want to stay connected to meditation, not lose it to busyness and distraction, and find a constant stream of positive influence to stick with a mindful life. Welcome to another contemplation. So let's come to a a posture that's calm, at ease. Doesn't need to be a formal meditation posture, just any kind of comfort where we're relatively awake and aware. So the quiet. And this quiet is not, you know, what it may seem to the ordinary thinking mind. Because to talk about it, we have to use the language of the ordinary thinking mind and say the word quiet. Or we could say silence. We could also say stillness. But all those words are, they're used to describe physical things. Quiet is the absence of molecules of matter in the air vibrating. That's how we hear sounds. Stillness is objects not moving. Quiet is the absence of noise, absence of sound. And that's not really what we're talking about here. Although we may you know, seek a quiet environment because the the sort of physical, literal quiet may help us ease us into this other quiet, into recognizing it. So one level of the meaning of quiet is this physical level, and it's where we get our the word from. It's what, how the word is used by everybody. And it's a useful word, talking about physical things. And now we're using it on this other level to a point. We can not only use the word, we can use the actual thing, quiet, physical quiet. We can use that. But there's no real and necessary relationship between the two. Meaning we don't need that quiet. And it's really just a a matter of confusion when our attention is really, you know, annoyed with sounds and caught up with sounds. It's a confusion in our attention and in our belief that we think that that somehow can threaten or influence the true quiet in any way. It can't. So we can understand what I'm saying, that the word quiet is, you know, its meaning comes from the physical world, but it's not really about that. We can understand that intellectually. Yet, underneath that, there's still a belief that it really means some kind of physical quiet, so that 
the physical quiet really becomes annoying and bothersome to us. But when we recognize that it has nothing to do with that at all, then a major chunk or all of the annoyance from noise and things like that just falls away. Because there isn't the belief in there reinforcing it. So we still might get annoyed by, by noise. Like it feels physically averse in the body. Or we, you know, prefer not to hear it. There's still preferences. But we don't have the extra layer in of the belief that it shouldn't be there. Or that it's threatening us in some way. Or that it's ruining the situation in some way. Ruining our meditation, our experience. There isn't that belief. And that belief fuels a major part of our suffering, our difficulty, our challenge. So that's why we want to, you know, maybe start with the intellectual distinction that there's something about this quiet that's not physical at all, has nothing to do with it. Nothing. And that undercuts that fuel to distraction and annoyance. And there's another level that's not the physical level of quiet, yet still isn't what we're talking about here. And that would be the quiet of the mind, of the thinking mind. And this is the next level to get really radical about, to get really clear about. So we talked about the physical quiet. What about the mental quiet? Because we could say, oh, you know, our, our thoughts are running around in the head. They're yapping away, busy commenting this and that, or else going down, you know, long trains of thought, really noisy, nagging, really bothersome. And maybe once in a while we notice uh, less of that or interruptions in that. And we could call that quiet too. We could use the, the word that's meant for physical quiet and we can use it to talk about that kind of quiet, the quieting of thoughts, a mental quiet. And that's great too. And we can also, just like we can seek out quiet environments, we can also seek to quiet our thinking mind. That's a great thing to do. And there may be something conducive in quieting our thinking mind. We can start to, you know, recognize something else. It's pointing in the right direction, moving in the right direction. But, if our belief is there that the, the mind must be quiet, the thoughts must be quiet, if our belief goes there and believes that that's what this quiet is about, or, and or, these thoughts are threatening 
the quiet destroying the quiet disturbing the quiet the real quiet if we believe that they these thoughts affect that quiet in any way whatsoever then we're supplying thought and energy to that those thoughts are a problem now to us and this quiet that we're speaking of here that we're pointing to here the real quiet the true quiet it's not even that and it has nothing to do with it absolutely nothing to do with that nothing so letting that sink in a little while it's the same as with the physical quiet sure our thoughts can still be annoying to us they can be bothersome they can be loud sometimes nagging whatever it is but if we don't have the belief understanding thinking that those thoughts are actually threatening us or that their presence or absence has something very crucial to do with the true quiet then we're cutting off the real kind of cyclic nature the cycle of suffering our thoughts because those cycles are optional they don't have to be going on there's a reason why they go on and and they don't have to so even now intellectually we might start to understand it's not even the quiet of thoughts there's a quiet beyond the quiet of thoughts quieting of thoughts but if our belief that thoughts really threaten that really harm that is there then that's going to supply agitation it's going to supply a problem and it will be hard to to recognize the truth so now here is probably the part where someone who's been meditating for a while uh, gets hung up a little bit where it gets sticky because everyone just about everyone who's practicing meditation has a strong bias against thinking and can't help it because a lot of our techniques are kind of designed to get ourselves disentangled from thinking and they contain an element of quieting the mind in you know on this level that i was talking about so they are about that and naturally whatever we're doing we want to do well so we must believe that it's important to do that well to quiet the mind sticky very sticky here 
But it's okay. It's okay to be, you know, involved in quieting the mind. It's not game over. The thinking mind can say, can raise a finger and say, oh, wait a second. If, logically, if you are trying to quiet the mind, then you have some interest in quieting the mind and therefore you're not pure and you'll always find thought troubling and you won't recognize the other quiet. That makes sense logically. But that's kind of really where the sticking point is. It's because when we try to think about what is it or how does it work in the quiet and stillness beyond the thinking mind, beyond the thinking quiet, the quieting of thoughts, it's only another thought that can conceive of that and make sense of that. So it's really here that we, we make a leap. And I could even say here that we're, we're doing the truest and deepest work of meditation. Quieting the mind. And yet trusting that uh, we can still, or the recognition can still happen. That there's another quiet. A quiet that's always here. Whether we're thinking or not thinking. Whether there's sound outside or not sound outside. We start to recognize it. Pointing the attention in this way is a great way to do it. So we're pointing the attention in this direction right now. And somehow, somehow it's sensed. We don't know how we know it or why we know it. And we can't put our finger on it. When we try to put our finger on it, like really hold on to the, the quiet and stillness that's always here. You know, we can mess things up muddy things up with that thought. Yet, even if we mess things up, muddy things up with that thought, still we know. Somehow we know. But we don't know how we know or why we know. But we know there's a quiet and a stillness here. It has no shape that we can grasp onto. It's not a physical quiet that we can listen to. It's not an absence of thought that we can notice. But it's here. You know it is. Intuitively, we know it. So when I said we're doing the, the real, true work of meditation at this point, there's a kind of a leaping and a trusting 
at this point. Because our attention is looking, looking for this quiet and stillness. And there's an idea about it. An idea coming from the physical world, from the mental world. There's an intention, an action to look for it. And there's even thoughts happening sometimes, like, oh, that's it. Or where'd it go? Or was that it? All that stuff can be going on, and still we know. Somehow we know. We don't know what we know, how we know it. We don't know who is knowing it, or what is knowing it, or what we are. We could say quiet is. Silence is. And even if our search for it is muddied up, it doesn't matter. And that doesn't make any sense. It's not making sense. We don't know how we know it, but we know it. Quiet is here. It is. You are. So, nothing wrong with finding a quiet environment. Nothing wrong with quieting the mind. Nothing wrong with looking, inquiring into the, the silence, presence, peace that's here, that you are. Nothing can destroy that quiet, that silence. It is. Some of this didn't make any sense. Don't worry about it. Practice meditation, quiet the mind. And in fact, even if you do those things, it still won't make sense. That's kind of the point. Uh, there's something that thought cannot grasp. Because thought itself happens inside of it. Inside of the quiet. Thought can't wrap itself around the quiet and know it, capture it, because the quiet is bigger than thought. There would be nothing without this quiet. All the things in the world, the different things, the different people, the different objects, 
they're all possible to discern, possible to see, because this quiet is. Just like we can't see the, the forms painted on a painting without the background. We can't hear sounds just on a physical level without a, a relatively quiet background. Because of the quiet background, we can pick up the sounds. And there are things in this world, including our body, our mind, our thoughts, the objects and perceptions that we're having. They're all happening because there's a screen, because there's a background in which these things can stick out and be things coming and going, changing. This quiet is the, the condition of the possibility for everything. So, if, uh, if we're not, uh, you know, up for, for looking into this right now, it doesn't matter. Because it, it is here. And when we have other concerns like, you know, stuff that's bothering us, goals we want to achieve, and problems we want to overcome, you know, maybe we should take a little time with that, nothing wrong with that. Meditating to feel more peaceful, to sleep better, to feel more focused and grounded in life. We should, we should do that. Why not? When those things aren't bothering us anymore, when they're not nagging us anymore, our interests can, can shift. Can shift over towards looking in this direction. But don't wait, because you can do both. Whenever you feel like it, whenever you're so inclined to look into the quiet and peace that is here, that is, you should. Because that only happens in an instant and in a moment. So that's not taking away from any of our other goals or, or hopes that happen in time. So either way, it's all good. And I could say one more thing, which is that uh, taking an interest in this just for a moment here and there, it makes an immense difference in those other things that happen in time. These other hopes that happen in time are much easier. So, uh, so take a take an interest in this. And just any kind of interest, remember, any kind of interest in anything is really important for building the momentum 
of a meditation practice. We can't just have our rote performance of techniques. Not forever. We can't sustain that. We should be inquiring into life, looking into life, looking in these ways, whether whether it's the way that we're talking about today or just how does the breath really feel or what can I do with these body sensations? All kinds of things like this build our interest. And so too does discussion, questions and answers, looking into things. So uh, please do join me for the live question and answer sessions. You can see me in the live video stream. You can call me on voice only on Skype during the show or type in your questions in our chat box. A lot of time and trouble can be saved by getting some issues cleared up about meditation. And just the discussion, inquiry, questioning really boosts this force of interest. Uh, which is necessary for meditation, for a meditation practice, like I said. So do come to the shows, listen to the shows, watch the shows, the live shows. Just go to IShouldBeMeditating.com and uh, sign up for the newsletter and you'll get the announcements right to your email box. And also some extra videos, extra instruction in meditation. So please do join me there. I'm really keen to, to talk all these things over with you. Anything at all. Just go to IShouldBeMeditating.com And our next one is Sunday, September 21st at 12 noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, 8 p.m. London time. So do get on the list and, uh, and I'll talk to you then. And until next time, we're here on the podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to I Should Be Meditating with Alan Kleeman. For more help with meditation, to connect with other meditators, and deepen your practice, go to ishouldbemeditating.com.